Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Tonight and these coming five days, we are expecting miracles. Say miracle. Totally. We're expecting incredible miracles. And if you are such as anyone like me, if you are expectant of God to do great things, I need you to call if you know anyone who needs prayer for anything, anything, sickness, depression, marriage, what, miracles, whatever. The number is on your screen. And I'm going to just read it out. It is 0200 270 0200-270-057. We have a whole team of people waiting to receive your calls right now. These people are prayed up, anointed. They are ready to deliver heaven's goods to you. So, again, 0200-270-057. This number is only going to be available this week, Monday to Friday, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. So don't call at 10 o'clock. No one will answer the call. Don't call on Saturday. Okay, Monday to Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. I'm going to repeat the number because I need you to send this number to all your folks who are sick and unwell. (coughs) Everywhere Jesus went, he preached, he taught, and he healed. That's the threefold ministry of Jesus, preaching, teaching, healing. So I need you to send this number to all your sick folks. Again, the number is... 0200-270-057. 0200-270-057. If you call and it's busy, try again. There's a big number of people who are handling. It's not one phone, so don't worry about that. There's many, there's a whole system there. So 5 to 8 p.m. every day. All right? Later on, today and every day, we are going to be having communion. So you will need to prepare your communion items that will be from around 7 o'clock. So you don't have to go do it now. But from around 7, you need some bread and some drink. Uh, uh, and just get ready. You, you need to be doing it reverently and in a really good way wherever you are. So that's going to happen. All right? Yeah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. Yeah, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This is Jesus' message. It is my message as well. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Yes. Isaiah 50 verse 4 uh, declares that the Lord God has given me the tongue of the land. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Some of you are weary. This is your season. This is your word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the land. As I, I, I speak this evening, very many good things are going to start happening in your life. Some of them you will see them. Some of them you will not see them now. But whether you see them now or a little later or a lot later, I have the assurance that you are going to see them. So I need you to have a great expectation. Every time the word of God is preached, 
have an expectation because the entrance of his word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. Amen. I have a prophetic word and this is that there is a stirring and there is a bathing. There is a stirring. There is a bathing. This season, what the enemy meant for evil is going to produce some of the greatest things humanity has seen in this season, this year 2020, depending on how you are responding. So here is what I'm hearing. Right now, the biggest auditorium, church auditorium in Uganda is Miracle Center Cathedral. It sits 10,500 people. In this season, God is going to birth ministries, ministers of the gospel who are going to build buildings that sit 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 people in this season. Now, I'm not guessing. This is not guesswork, international ministries. And some of you are listening to me. This is you. So I need you to focus. Focus right now. It's happening in this season. In this season, some of the most amazing businesses are going to be born in this season. Some of the greatest inventions are coming out of this season. There's going to be miracles like you've never seen before coming out of this season. God has already been stirring some of you up. You know yourself by season, by hour, by place. Some of you, God has been sending you to pray in certain places. You're not, you don't have a problem. That's correct. Certain places, certain times. God has been sending you to certain people. He's preparing you because it is in times of adversity like this that the greatest things are born. Church, we cannot afford to waste this crisis. We can't afford to waste this crisis. Many of you, many young people are listening to me. Stop being indifferent to the things of God. Don't waste this crisis. You're going to wake up one day and you're 50. This is the time. Switch off those series. Just take it off. This is not the time to catch up with all the episodes. No. In fact, I'm one of those who foolishly had begun the lockdown with catching up on episodes. I was like, I have, what's that thing called? Netflix. I was like, let me check what's there. Then everything I was checking out wasn't aligning with my values. So as I have a Netflix account, I haven't used it in months. So, please, please, I beg you, put that stuff down, pick up your Bible, and start praying. This is the time to conceive incredible stuff. I know it in my spirit. I know it. I know it. It will be such a disaster if 30 years from now, 20 years from now, you're, you're living an ordinary life because you missed your season. Some of you think that God will always come back to you. No, it doesn't work like that. You can miss the bus. 
Saul missed the bus. Doesn't always work like that. The young, the rich young ruler missed the bus. Jesus didn't come back looking for him. And the Bible says he loved him. So he loves you, but <laughs> you will go to heaven, but you might miss your earthly assignment by being indifferent to the things of God. So if there is anything I, I hope we can achieve this week is to birth something in you. Let me now talk specifically to those of you who are in worship harvest, because I know many people are watching us even those who are not in worship harvest. Please, please, if you're in worship harvest, this is your word. Don't take this optionally, okay? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just pray concerning that word? Father, thank you. Procosia Cayemo, Sicayemo, Ricasia Cava. You're bathing a new thing. A new thing is coming out in this season. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You have won the victory. Hallelujah. You have won it all for me. Death could not hold you down. You are the risen King, seated in majesty. You are the risen King. Oh, hallelujah. There's victory for someone tonight. There's victory for you tonight. Hallelujah. You have won it all for me. Death could not hold you down. You the reason Father, we thank you for tonight, we, for this week. We thank you for your word. Many of our destinies are going to be changed permanently this week. So we bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so let's get into the word. This week we are talking about the spiritual man. The spiritual man, spiritual woman. Whichever way you want to put it, the spiritual man has no gender. That's why there will be no marriage in heaven. 
You get there, you will not be able to identify your wife. Yeah, Jesus was very clear. There is no marriage in heaven. Everyone will be spirit. Amen. So, so anyway, that's what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about the spiritual man. The spiritual man. There is something in you that's so much bigger than you are aware of. There is something you have not tapped into yet in your life. And that's what we are here to talk about. Many years ago, I was a student at the University of Makerere, the great Makerere University, and I happened to be in what's now called Sibirwa Hall, those days just be North Court. And in my fifth year, I was, an, I was the occupant of room 503, 503. It was a corner room on the older block. On 1st January 2000, 2001, 1st January 2001, I came back to my room. It was holiday time, so it's a whole different story why I was at, at the university during holiday. But I came back to my room that night. Uh, uh, we had just started Come Alive Ministries in December. I'd been going through some stuff in fifth year, pulling, pushing, trying to figure out. A lot of things were not in line. For some reason, it seems like God has worked the most in my life many times in the midst of a crisis, especially a spiritual and identity crisis. So this was such a time, and I, so I, I, it, I, life was not good, really. So I'd gone to the village, I picked up a, a devotional, a very old devotional called My Atmosphere for His Highest, and a friend of ours had lost her sister. We had been to the funeral that day. And I came back and had told myself, this year, I think I already told you, yeah, 2001. So that's 20 years ago. I was like, this year I'm going to read my Bible. <laughs> Some of you need to make that decision now. That's why I brought my, that, that my atmosphere, his highest devotion. It was a very old one from the village, from the bookshelf in our village home. So I, I get to my room and I go to bed. Uh, so while I was in bed, uh, I borrowed some worship music from my brother. So I put it on, on the music is cool. I go into bed, and then I remind myself, isn't this the year you're supposed to read your Bible? Don't you even have a devotional? So I grudgingly get out of bed, fish out the old devotional from wherever it was, and I started reading January 1st. And then my room changed completely. I just Something happened that today can only be God. Because I just started reading, listening to the music, and somehow 
the pages that what the writer was writing, Oswald Chambers, I think it was talking about the goodness of God. The very first time I'd read it and it made sense to me that way. It just attacked me. I started crying, weeping, praying, everything. I just know that everything in my room changed. So I ended up spending that night on the carpet in my room. I woke up in the morning and I felt like I was a completely new person. That year, 2001, I slept on the carpet the whole year. I never went back to my bed. The carpet was too good. It was a memorial. And I never want to sleep in any rooms where there are no carpets. So I never went back to my bed. I started praying in the morning, so I would go to a certain nook between Nkrumah Hall and Sibira Hall and pray every day while it was still early. I started now seriously reading my Bible in addition to the, to the devotional. I, I fasted for about three months. Everything changed. That year, I started discovering that there was a lot more to me than I was being aware of. And that's the spiritual man. That, that's... <coughs> we were talking with a friend yesterday, and we were saying, lots of born-again people, but are people really born again? Or have they made a mental ascent to Jesus? but nothing has really changed in the heart. I, I believe I was a follower of Jesus, had seen some miracles here and there, but that was a radical day. And I can't imagine that people can go through life walking with Jesus and never have a day like that. So that I started being aware of about spiritual things, spiritual things, and the importance of spiritual things. And I hope that this week you can come to that awareness of spiritual things and the importance of spiritual things. Now, in referring to a spiritual man, we are not talking about the born-again spirit in you. First Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, now all things are new. Now, so we are not just talking about the spirit because in the spirit, you are exactly as Christ is, as he is, so are we in this world. So that's not, when we talk about the spiritual man in this reference, that's not what we are talking about. So I'm not here to discount the salvation you received by grace. I'm not here to argue against the fact that you got born again and you are 100% Holy Spirit in your spirit. That's not what we are here to talk about. But rather when we use the word spiritual man, we are trying to reference the combination of both the spirit and the rest of you. Because you are spirit, soul, and body. In reference to the spiritual man, it's where we, we are talking about both the spirit and the man. Jesus is the perfect example of the spiritual man because he was 100% God and he was 100% man. And the very interesting thing about Jesus is that everything he did on earth in terms of his ministry 
feeding the 5,000, walking on water, all that stuff. He didn't do it as God. He did it as a man, not as God. That's why he constantly referred himself to himself as son of man, the son of man, the son of man, the son of man. Acts 10, 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God was with him. This is Jesus is God, is the son of God. The Bible tells us that through him all things were made and there was nothing that was made that wasn't made. He says the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. So Jesus was God but why would God need to be anointed? Why would God need to meditate on the word? Because we know Jesus meditated on the word. By age 12, he knew the whole old covenant. Why would God need to fast and pray? We know Jesus prayed. Often, he says, he, he himself, he often woke up and went to the wilderness and prayed in the mornings. If he was going to operate as God, the creator of the, why would he need to pray? Why would he need to fast? He fasted 40 days. Why? Why would Jesus need to do these things if he was going to operate as, he needed to do these things because he was coming as the son of man. The Bible declares in Genesis, God already declared that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. So he came as one of us because Adam had the authority. For you to operate on earth, you need to be a person. That's why even demons need to work with people. They can't just, a demon just can't come and harass you by itself without your permission. It, because it's human beings who have operational authority on earth. So for that reason, Jesus couldn't come as God and start healing the sick. What, what? No, no, no. He had to come as a man. The Bible says he lowered himself to the point of being a man and dying as a man. So how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. One day I hope I can read that scripture and put my name. How God anointed Moses Pukisa of Chitukpwe. With the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing. I know that's true. I've seen it, but I haven't seen it to the degree of Jesus. And every person who is born again, regardless of your profession, whether you're a pastor, an accountant, or whatever, that should be your number one vision in life. That's it. There is nothing else. That's, that's, Jesus should be the vision of 2021. I'm having a greater Jesus experience than I had in 2020. That's how it should be. <coughs> so, whatever God did, whatever Jesus did on earth, he did as a man, not as God. Otherwise, there would be no need for him to be anointed, for him to be baptized, for him to practice all the things he did. Meditating on the word, praying, fasting, he practiced honor. He humbled himself and went before John, his cousin, and allowed himself to be baptized. And he did everything the right way. 
because he knew he had to be in the Father's will to succeed as a man of God, as a spiritual man. Amen. That means that if we follow in his footsteps, we can do the same things. We can be the same thing that he was. One, one, one preacher said, the word was given to us to become, not to cram. The word was given to us to become, not to cram. I have to ask myself often, what percentage of the New Testament am I leaving out? L-I-V, not L-E-A-V. <laughs> Very important. What percentage of the New Testament am I leaving Am I incarnating? Because that's the point, friends. This generation, we can't just keep talking about those guys, Azusa Street, Billy Graham, Sijui, who, 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 we, 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 we. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you understand your spirit, your soul, you are body. You are a threesome composite person. You're a trio. Spirit, soul, body in one person. That's what this verse teaches us. Okay. Now, we also know that if you're not born again, your spirit is separated from God. Okay, he says the day you eat of it shall surely die. The people who are not born again, their spirit is separated from God. They are submitted to the devil. There's no better way to put it really. Okay. And the moment you get born again, you die with Christ and you are raised with him. Okay. All right. Romans 6, 3 to 4 says... Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism. What he's talking about? Our spirit into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Why walk in newness of life? Because we have been raised with him. Colossians puts it uh, even clearer. He says, if you were raised with Christ, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. He says, for you died and your life, not your death. It means you just didn't die. You died and you were Raised. That's why he says you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So if, if you are born again, in your spirit you died and you are raised. The day Christ died is the day you died. The day Christ was raised is the day you were raised. That's why he says he has made us sit together with him in the heavenly places in Christ. That's why he calls us a new creation. So when, when it comes to your spirit, you are... Mm, you have arrived. You are sitting in the heavenly places. Okay? So all this good news of the newborn again spirit leaves us with a conundrum. 
For behold, we still have a soul and a body. And these two haven't automatically followed the example of the spirit to become new. That's why you can be born again and mean. You can be born again and very difficult to be married to. You can be born again and very hard to do business with. You can be born again and lack excellence. I'm not talking about stuff from Mars here, am I? You can be born again and whatever it is. Why? Because whereas in your spirit you are like God, you have not renewed your mind and you have not allowed your body to follow up. That's why you have born again people. How do I put this nicely? <laughs> Who have failed to honor their marriages by getting married properly, covenant, living un in uncovenanted relationships. It's a lack of understanding. That's why you can be born again and broke and you abuse those who are trying to teach people about money. Even, if, even though Jesus said that one, that you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, although he, be, he was rich for your sake, Timor and mine, he became poor, that you and I through his poverty might become rich. Okay. You can be born again and have all those problems. Why? Because whatever happened in your spirit, you haven't yet allowed it to invade your mind, your soul, your body, your bank account, your workplace, your marriage, and all the other things. I can tell you that this whole idea of spirit, soul, and body is true because I've experienced it. In that season, I've told you when I was fasting, like there was a problem. So my life... That was fifth year, I was trying to catch up. My fourth year, I hadn't paid attention. I was too much in missions, missions, missed a lot of classes, so my grades were really bad. So I needed a recovery plan, and fifth year, you had class, then you had a design project, and then you had a, a research project. So that combination was interesting. So I used to go early to the faculty of technology, Stay throughout the day. I would have a Coca-Cola at lunchtime, one bottle of Coke, until I go back to my hall of residence. That was my life. Or some fellowship or other, you know, chapel, all of that. So one time I was walk, walking. I was going to one degree and I was walking. Uh, if you've been in Makere, there's University Hall, UH. There is a small gate just outside UH where you go through to go from Makere to Wandegea. So I just passed UH Hall and I was between the hall and the gate and I stumbled. I hit my, I hit my leg and stuff and I stumbled and I saw my body falling while I was still walking up like this. My spirit got out of my body. In fact, it's so funny because the moment I stumbled, my spirit seemed to have gone up like 20 feet. 
and I could see my body like this. Then I recovered and got composed again and went to one again. Spirit, soul, and body, yeah. Lynette is here in this studio. She has a testimony. In her senior six vac, she was sick one day at her auntie's place in Maki, India. I know the story very well. She got out of her body and started hovering around the room while looking at herself. And many other people have these stories, and they are true. So your spirit, soul, and body. But the point we are making is, this whole nice stuff that has happened in my spirit, my wife didn't marry my spirit. That's why for three years, it seemed like she had married the devil. Yet I was born again, fire spitting, demon chasing, Bible reading, church planting, moreover. So there is still a process. There is still yet a process of becoming fully that which you already are. Just like when a, a baby is born, the baby has everything. Lungs, nose, ears, what? You, 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 you get the point, yeah? Tomorrow, when the baby is born, you're going to see it. The baby will have everything. The baby doesn't come out, then the hand starts developing. Then over the liver comes. No, that's a problem. Yeah. The baby is complete when they are born. But if that baby stays like that, three, three kilograms until they are 30 years old, there is a problem. The moment the baby comes out, they start feeding them milk, what, soybeans, cassera, whatever, until a person becomes 70 kilograms. That's the process of maturing. Now, some of you have been born again for a long time. Now, yet wait, you're Why? You're not feeding the baby. You see, when, you, when you're a practitioner and preacher, preacher of grace like me, this is the deception. You see, deception is not too far from you, my friend. Some of you grace believers like myself, you think that when you get born again, you become mature instantly. No. If you were, you would be doing the things Jesus did. You don't become mature by being born again. That's like assuming that Karabo becomes mature by being born. The baby, the baby doesn't become mature by being... You first get born, and then the maturity process begins, and it's intentional. I, I hope I'm making sense to some people. This week is going to be good for you. So you need to mature child of God it's time to grow up in the spirit there is something called spiritual maturity maturity assumes that there is a growth what? process you don't go from baby to mature instantly or you don't be there baby 
for 15, 17 years and 364 days. And 18 years is maturity. Then, because that's what some of you are doing. You think that you'll go to some event by a mega minister. And then you'll take your immaturity there. Then they will lay hands on you and you come out mature. I have news for you. It's not going to happen. Other people can keep adding on. They can lay hands on you and certain gifts get activated and all of that. But the maturing process is your responsibility. Galatians 4, 19-20. Paul writes to the Galatians and says, My little children, for whom I labor in birth until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone like Moses changing his. For I have doubts about you. Do you see what he calls them? My little children. They've jumped to mature. Some of you, you are still little children after 10 years of allegedly walking with Jesus. You can't be a little child. That's why Paul is calling them my little children. Why? And says, I labor until Christ is formed in you. Formed in you. Formed in you. So there's a formation process. There's a process of Christ being formed in a person. Amen. First Corinthians 3, 3 to 4 says, For you are still carnal. <laughs> but Paul is too dry. You are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? These were the saints. See, right? To, to the, to the, <laughs> Paul, <laughs> these were the saints at Corinth. Saints, ready to go to heaven. And he says, you are carnal. In other words, they were not spiritual men and women. They were carnal. Born again carnal. Why? Christ hasn't been formed in them. If there are divisions and envying and whatever, I belong to Christ, uh, brother, I'm Paul's, I'm Apollos's, aren't you yet carnal? When we fight about the men of God, we support or do not, aren't we still carnal? Because that's what Paul is saying. Some of you say you are Paul, you belong to Paul. Others are Paul. He says, Paul didn't die for you. He says, are you not behaving like mere men. In other words, there is an expectation for you and I to cease to behave like people, like mere men. Let me ask you a question. Are you a spiritual man or a mere man? As I ask you, I ask me. Alternatively, there is a whole new world for you to discover. As I was thinking about this, it hit me, children don't travel by themselves. Children don't go long distances by themselves. So, there's a reason you haven't gone places in the spirit. You may have gone places in the physical, but you haven't gone places in the spirit. You don't have stories to tell. 
about spiritual experiences. Why? You're still a child. When you're just a child, you are confined to your home. You're not allowed to go anywhere. Whatever stories you tell about your travels, it's when you were traveling with someone else who is more mature. When I went with my mother to such and such a place, my uncle took me to such and such a place, my sister took me to such and such a place. Some of you, your, all your stories about your work with God have to do with another person, another man of God, another disciple, etc. You have none of your own. That should tell you about your level of maturity. There is a reason you haven't been places in the spirit. You are not allowed to go. <laughs> so you can talk about all the miracles your man of God has been performing, but you can't talk about yours. You can give all the testimonies from your church or fellowship, but you have none of yours. You can talk about all the breakthroughs of Benny Hinn, Rod Parsley, T.D. Jacks, and others, but none of yours. Why? You are not allowed to go. You are too young to go anywhere in the spirit. And you may have been born again for a long time. We must break this curse. For me, I think it's a curse. It's like, okay, it's not like in a technical term, but it feels like a curse. Like, how, how, how can you walk with Jesus? All these years, and you've never even led one person to Christ. One. That sounds like a curse to me. Thank you, Jesus, for your word is delivering people. Thank you. You've never even laid hands on one person for prayer, to, for healing. Your whole life is about you and what you want, and you go from church to church looking to be fulfilled as a person. You're still young. That's why you haven't been places in the spirit. You... you you're, you are preoccupied by other people's travel experiences. That's why when kids are young and you travel, when you come back, they sit you down. Tell us. They want to tell them that journey, we went here, it was like this, was that. Why they can't go? I refuse to die a mere man. Say someone, say with me, I refuse to die a mere man. There's so much in the spirit, so much for us to see and experience that for us to just let this generation pass by. So in Galatians 5.25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. In other words, it's possible to not walk in the spirit. You can be born again, you can live in the spirit and never walk in the spirit. Never go places in the spirit. When it says walk in the spirit, it means going places. You don't walk and stay in the same place. How has your walk been so far? What have you experienced? What have you seen? What have you manifested? Let us walk in the spirit. The spiritual man then is still an earthbound, complete spirit, soul, and body but whose soul, which is your mind, emotions, and will, and conscience, is now subjected to or led by the spirit. So to be a spiritual man, it means you are led by the spirit. 
by the word of God, not by your flesh, not by your desires. A spiritual man chooses a spouse based on what the spirit says, not what they saw at the party. A spiritual man sees as a spiritual man. So, so then one can see as a carnal man or see as a spiritual man. What do carnal men see? They see what their lenses show them. Spiritual men see differently. Elisha told Gehazi, didn't I go with you? When he had gone to get apparel from Naaman, didn't I go with you? And over we are in the new covenant, in a greater grace, in a greater covenant. But we rarely hear these things. We keep take, being taken by, by surprise, including coronavirus. Like everyone says, no one saw this coming. No one saw, how can no one have seen this coming? Why didn't I see this coming? So bad. How could we not have seen this coming? This is a serious case against the church. And that's me and you. Why? We are preoccupied by worldly things. So one can see as a carnal man or see as a spiritual man. One can hear as a carnal man or hear as a spiritual man. Jesus says, be careful how you hear. For with the same measure you hear, it will be measured to you. So you can hear carnally, or you can hear spiritually. One can speak as a carnal man, or speak as a spirit. A carnal man just speaks what they see. Too much Spiritual man speaks the oracles of God. One can react as a carnal man, or react as a spiritual man. One can feel as a carnal man or feel as a spiritual man. One can give as a carnal man. <laughs> that is sparingly. <laughs> or give as a spiritual man, bountifully. Like when you're still arguing about something as small as the tithe. You're, still, you're, you're going to stay home. You are not allowed to travel by yourself. When you're still arguing about tithe, <laughs> you're not allowed to go, too young to go anywhere by yourself. Because you give as a carnal man. One can serve as a carnal man or serve as a spiritual man. One can marry as a carnal man or marry as a spiritual man. Wow. I haven't even started my main point for today because this, this is the introduction for the whole week. It's taking too long because now we've hit marriage. People planned. You would think the wedding is the marriage. You would think whatever is going to happen at the wedding, the amount of time and money we invest in the wedding if you invested even a tenth of it in your marriage, 
reading books, going for counseling, talking to mentors and whatever, getting yourself in the right places. Now we are so cano. So cano. How about to impress who? So cano. That's why the, the, the things don't work out after. <laughs> Look, God, is, what does he say? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, that he shall reap. If you sow into your wedding, you will reap the wedding. And then you don't sow into the marriage, and then you don't reap a marriage. Big time wedding videos, pictures, fake marriage. Why? You sold in the right, wherever you sold is where you got from. Isaac didn't need to meet his wife before. They just sent a servant, go to such and such a place, make sure you bring back one of our own. These children are not supposed to marry these people of this land. That's very instructive for some of you. And what did the servant do? It's like, Lord, show me. He was a spiritual man. He was a spiritual man. May God bring spiritual people into your life that you can rely on for such hectic, sensitive missions. And God brought Rebecca. Never having met before. And they were married for life. Now you're dating the sixth girl. <laughs> and you want first to try out. Balinga used the cars. You try out. You just try out and see if you like it. It's like, where are the spiritual men and women of this generation? Where are you? Where are you? Something should just even be common sense. Anyway. Let's me move on to the main, the main point for today. today. Amen. That was like a mixture of uh, rebuke, what, discovery, hopefully. I'm pointing one finger at you and three at me. Because that, that's, yeah, I'm asking myself, Mose, are you a spiritual man? Would your wife say you're a spiritual man? If they ask your children, would they say you're a spiritual man? Those who work with you. So usually those who are closest to you who know you the most. So this whole business of everyone shouting, my man of God. <laughs> no. So those who, they are the ones who know how to react when you have been poked. Whether you react like the devil or the Lord. Okay. Let me get into what I want us to talk about today for the, just a few minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and then we'll start closing. The spiritual man finds fatherhood in God. 
This is the first point. The spiritual man knows God as their daddy. Everything else is secondary to this. Everything. John 3, 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. When you were born, you came out looking like your parents. They have two eyes, you had two. You have two. They had a nose, you have one. With two nostrils. Lips, lips, legs, legs. In fact, in some cases, there was even resemblance to the parents. So that looks like the dad. It looks like the mom. But even if you take out the resemblance, what I'm talking about is flesh begets flesh. You come out with everything your parents have. Five fingers on each hand, nails, exactly. That is which is born of the flesh is flesh. And Jesus says, talking to Nicodemus, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Is spirit. Flesh produces flesh, spirit produces spirit. When you were born again, you were born of the incorruptible word of God. You come out looking like the word. You came out looking like the word. The physical you came out looking like your parents, the spiritual you came out looking like the word. Because you were born of the incorruptible seed of the word. Amen. In your spirit, you resemble your heavenly father. You're exactly as he is. (laughs) Wow. Okay. You see, God is not flesh. God is a spirit. John 4.24 says, God is is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In fact, KJV says, God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So because God is a spirit, he produces what? Spirit. The you that is born of God is not these fingers. What? It's spirit. In the spirit you look like the word, like we've said. Hebrews 12, 9 says, Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? To the Father of spirits. The Father of our Lord Jesus is a Father of spirits. I want you to take that in. He didn't beget your soul. That's why some of you are glad, some of you are depressed. That's clearly not that difference, really. His product is consistent. He's the father of spirits. So for you to really experience the fatherhood of God, you have to become a spiritual person. Because by enough that, you can keep praying, our father in heaven, our father in heaven, without ever experiencing his fatherhood. You can feel like a human being all your life. Ma, 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 ma. 
So if the father of spirits, the confusion most believers have is that because they are carnally minded and evaluate everything through the flesh, they think even God is. God is not carnally minded. The day God starts evaluating you through the flesh, he will become carnally minded. And God cannot be carnally minded. <laughs> That's why you tell someone, God has forgiven you. All your sins are like, it's impossible. Me, I know myself. You know yourself in the flesh. God doesn't know you like that. God doesn't know you in the flesh. Let me say it again. God doesn't know you in the flesh. Robert Morris put it well. He said, my body came from dirt. That's soil. For the English, English. My body came from dirt. Is sustained by dirt and will go back to dirt. All those kilograms you have amassed through life came from the ground. Maize, pork, whatever. Okay? And sustained by that, and it's going back to the. Say, my spirit came from God, is sustained by God, and will go back to God. Why? Because God is the Father of spirits. It says in John 1 12 to 13, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. No, of the will of man, but of God. You know, I used to quote this scripture, it's known by a lot of this, even me. I used to quote it, and I never knew what it says. Even now, I've just quoted it, and still, some of you don't know what it says. The date hit me is when I read those last three words but of God. Born of God. What? Yeah. Born of God. We were born of God. We were born of God. Just like Jesus was begotten of God, we were also born again by the Father through the Word. We came from God. The writer says in John 1, 6, one of my favorite verses, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. It's easy to say, no, 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 no. John's mother is Elizabeth and uh, the dad is that guy, Zechariah, something. No, there was a man sent from God. From God. You may have come out through Rukunjiri, but you came from God. You may have come out from Lamo, but you were sent from God. You may have emerged from massacre, but you were sent from God. Jesus came out, Bethlehem, but from God. Sent from God. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. To be spiritually minded is to know that God is your father and your village is heaven. Katonda. Wow, that tickles me the right way, by the way. That's why I need Katunda. Bakuzarawa, Muguru. Who's your daddy? God. 
Why is your village heaven? That's what they call being spiritually minded, which is life and peace. That is life and peace. Why do people fear death? <laughs> because when they think of going back to their village, they think they are thinking the wrong one. Where they are going to take their casket. They are not thinking about the other village where the spiritual we came from. My God, my, I'm preaching better than you're listening. Hmm. John 6, 6, 3 says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Wow. See what it says in John 1, 14. I'm going to combine all of this because I'm running out of time. I'm just going to combine it. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. One of the ways I, I encourage myself to end a someone when it's going on too long is to invite someone to stand with me. So, this three, please come and stand with me. My goodness, my goodness. Hmm? Ma, 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 ma. Says the word became flesh. Now, this is the part I really want us to explore tonight. As, as we, we enforce the idea that God is our father. Okay? I'm, I'm still waiting for this because I need to demonstrate something. Okay. So, when it comes to Jesus, the word became flesh. In other words, you have the word, then behold, the word. It says, dwelt among us. We shook hands. We whatever, bongad, what with flesh. But the word the only way, the only way the word could work is by becoming flesh. You're seeing that? <laughs> the, I'm going to stay here until everyone gets it. This one I can't allow you not to get it. The word can't work until it becomes flesh. The only way the word could work was it had to become flesh. And that principle hasn't changed. You see, when God says, I am your comforter. Hmm? You know that thing doesn't work. When I'm in trouble, I've lost a loved one. Do you know how it works? When you... And the epistle. Huh? The epistle, the written epistle. You come and sit with me. 
and you put your hand around me and say, Mose, it will be okay. The word has become flesh and it can be effective. Otherwise, we would tell the people who, who lose their loved ones that, you know, the Lord will comfort you. You, you, you are the Holy Ghost is with you. Please go and bury your dead. Why do we go with them? The word has to become flesh for it to work. When God wants to be generous to me, he can't print dollar notes and insert them through my door, under the door. He will speak to, he will speak to you, a human being. And then you'll come and say, Jose, I'll think about you. Here is 500K. God has just shown his provision to me. Without you answering his word, it's ineffective. Yes. In others, God is not generous. Yeah, until someone acts on that word, God is not generous. God is hindered. He may want to be generous all he wants, he is not. The word has to become flesh. Because God doesn't print Uganda things. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah? They say, hey, God is love. God is love. God is love. How? A person, a real flesh and blood person has to love you properly in your love language. They have to know this person likes gifts. They have to go buy that gift wrap it eh? and come and deliver it to you. They glorify God. <laughs> and then you give glory to God yes. for because God knows. God knows me. Yes. My daddy knows me <laughs> because my friend just bought me the exact right shoes. The word, the word had to become flesh in that person who bought the shoes. Mm. The reason the church is where it is now, the reason we are losing ground is the word is not becoming flesh at the rate it needs to. How does it become flesh? You yourself have to incarnate the word of God. Okay. Okay. So that's why I said we are given the word to become it. God uses people. And very rarely operates on earth without a person. So when God is going to express his goodness, kindness, generosity, grace, or power, a person has to become that function and be that to someone else in order for that word to come alive. This is what a live week. Okay. First Peter. One twenty says, having been born again, not of incorruptible seed, but uh, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The word is our true spiritual identity. The only way to really find out who I am in the spirit is to look in the word. 
You don't feel it, you don't guess it, you know. It's a settled matter. It says your word is settled in heaven forever. Why? That's why it says we are seated in the heavenly places. We are, why, why, are we seated in the, why are we seated in the heavenly places? Because the word is settled in heaven and the words I speak to you, they are life and they, they are spirit and they are life. There is no difference between your spirit and the word of God. They are totally identical. Let me rush and, and we, we start concluding. James 1.22 He says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his face in a mirror. And he observes himself, goes away immediately, forgets what kind of man he was. In other words, for me to know what I look like in my spirit, I have to get in the word. I have to read it, listen to it, hear it preached. That's how I behold myself in a mirror. What is your mirror showing you lately? By the way, the way you're living your life right now is describing what mirror you've been looking into. <laughs> because you're going to look in some mirror and it shows you a pimple. Then another mirror, it's, uh, it's corrupted. You even show that you are fatter than you really are. What have you been seeing? Or are you seeing things like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. By his stripes I was healed. I am the head and not the tail. Above only and never beneath. All things are possible for me because I believe. What are you seeing? What is the mirror showing you? I am going to be rich. Why? He became poor that through his poverty I might be made rich. So in order for me to fulfill his desire, I have to be rich. <laughs> ah, I wish I had time. I wish I had. The time, the word has to become flesh. And where your focus is will determine your experience. That's why it says that uh, to be carnally minded is death. That's an experience. But to be spiritually minded is life and Peace. That's why it says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Why? Because that's not, regarding people according to the flesh, that's not who we are. We regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, that's no longer. That's why it says, if anyone is Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And now all things are of God. Now I'm going to get to this part I like the most as I try to conclude. Let, let, let's get to this part. Now, this is a sensitive part. Okay. So the word becoming flesh. So then literally, when you're walking around B3, yeah, you are the word of God incarnated. But, you know, when, when you get into Charlie Wajala Jam, mm. then you create another, a third lane, moreover. Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with the word becoming flesh? B- basically, your flesh error. is, we, yeah, it's a system error. <laughs> it's a system error, yeah? <laughs> because hey, huh? the word became flesh and created another lane. <laughs> With your sebum sticker. It means you're looking in the wrong places. Guys, this thing can work if we commit to trust God to work it in us. It 
Jesus become flesh. Can you imagine what would happen to marriages? Mm. Huh? Mm. When every time you go home, Jeremy just sees the word of God in the kitchen, in the sitting room, everywhere. Oh my God! That's what they call heaven on earth. Why? Because your word is forever settled in heaven. For people to experience heaven on earth, a person has to start walking the word out. And then they come across, they're like, what? This is heaven. How much time do I have? Jesus. Let's do this. First Corinthians 15. Now I really have to finish. We are going to have communion. So get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. It says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. That's why Jesus tells Nicodemus, if anyone is not born of water, which is the natural, and spirit, which is the spiritual, he cannot see the kingdom. So that's why you didn't get born again before you got born. That, that only Jesus came out righteous. In my, in David writer says, in sin did my mother conceive me. So you came out crying as a sinner. <laughs> So selfish, right from the get-go. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the natural comes first. And afterward, the spiritual. So the question is, has the spiritual come yet? Has it? Because some people, they postpone this thing until the very end. You're like, what's the point? The earlier, the better. Okay, then it says... The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Then says, then says, ah, this is the part. As was the man of dust, that's Adam. So also are those who are made of dust. Oops, exactly like Adam. Uh, as well, so so Adam had two eyes, you have two. Yeah. He had a nose, you have a nose. Mm. Basically. Mm. Yeah. You may have small, small differences like height, what, what, but Please, yeah, yeah, but generally. Be <laughs> <laughs> we love this. Thing. But but generally, as was Adam, mm. so are you. So forget this whole thing about you were once a monkey, what? Because for me, the, my quarrel with the monkey thing is this. Between the monkeys and the human beings now, there has to be some other creatures which are in between creatures. Like, there's no monkey to be three. There has to be some which are still evolving. Where are they? Where are the ones which are still evolving? Hmm? If monkey is the advanced stage of cow, we live some between cow and monkey. Zili way, zo. The 
as was the man of dust, so also are. In other words, you are right now, B3, in some ways, you are having an Adamic experience. That's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. It says, and as is, not was. Mm-hmm. Right now, so was nothing, yini, yini. Or like they say in that other language, those days where I, I should have come from. Atiano. Sangapi. So what? No, no, no. No, no. Sai, 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 sai. Sai. As is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. In others, to a certain degree, to the degree that you have embraced this focus of the word of God, you are having a heavenly experience. Let me ask you, what did you have today? <laughs> because whatever you had today, it was a matter of where your focus was. It wasn't a matter of, your, of what happened around you. Because I read this from Danny Silk. Your inward environment creates your outward environment. Sometimes I look on my side of the bed and I'm like, wait. Those who are here to hear here. Okay, let's, let's finish the thing. So, I quickly rewind and crank up the inward exercises. But verse 49 is very important. Because as, as was the man of dust, so also are, are those who are of dust. As is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. But then, here's the thing. He says, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Visible. Yeah. Yeah. So that the visibility of it. So here's the thing. You can be, you can be, man of dust and you can be heavenly man but the expression, the manifestation the bearing, the image bearing is only determined by where you're looking yeah, it's only determined by your focus yeah, exactly, because it doesn't say we shall bear the image of the heavenly man in heaven, no it doesn't give us a place and time where that can happen. That can start right no. now, here, as we become spiritual people. Look, look what he says. Look, 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 look what he says. Ephesians 4.24. It says, and that you put on, you, know, you should put on, the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That man is righteous, is holy, was created according. He says, you should put, put on. on. You should put on. Everything. Yeah? Can, can someone get, get me a jacket or something? You should put on a scarf. Lynette gives, gives scarf. Mm. 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 It's like, this is, if this is the new man, he says, 
You should what? Put on. You should put on. Every believer in Christ should be putting on the new man. Which is the new man? The heavenly man. So this business of waiting to go to heaven to put on. No, 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 no. no. Is Paul is not writing to people in heaven. No. <laughs> yeah. He's writing to earthlings. As says, you earthlings, do you know that right here in this life, while you're here, eating portion beans, you can put on the heavenly man, the new man who was created according to God. Now, that's only half the equation. Let's finish the equation. The, the same writer writes in Colossians and gives us a clue on how to do this. So in Ephesians, it says that you should put on. In Colossians, it says, and have put on the new man. Mm-hmm. How? Who is renewed in knowledge. According to what? According to the image. Remember the image? Yes. The image of him. Who created Yeah, the image we shall bear. So, the difference between should put on and have put on is the renewed in knowledge according to what? According to the image. Okay. I think Angela should join us because I'm now going to real finish. <laughs> At home, are you getting it? Are you getting it? Yes. Viewers, are you getting it? Should put on, mm-hmm. have, have put, put on. on. What's the difference? Renewed in knowledge, not just any knowledge. No, 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 no. Knowledge according to, to the, the image. image of Him, being renewed in the uh, in the knowledge that you are as He is. How about you come this side? Because mm. balance. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure people have understood. Yes. Yeah. God has gifted me to help people understand. So you have understood. Yes. So the difference between should put on and have put on the is the renewal in knowledge according to image to the image. Wait. Two weeks ago, this thing hit me in a new, and I'm going to show you how. But let me let me just. Yeah. Mm. The image you behold is the image you become. Yes. Moon, sun, it, according to the image, it's essentially seeing oneself mm. in the image of Christ. Mm. This is Romans 12 too. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing your mind to what? To the image, image of Christ, Christ in you. The heavenly, man. the heavenly man. And when you do that, you may prove, he says, you will prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When you're renewing, because people read the Bible, but they read it amiss. They think that you're going to be changed by just, just by reading the Bible. No. What, when you read the Bible, what are you seeing? What you're seeing in the Bible is what you're going to become. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that it says, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the word. The glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. Which one? The one we are beholding. 
from glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, let's take an example of the story of the woman with the issue of blood. So, it's very easy to preach that story from so many angles. Mm. Have faith in God, be like the woman Mm. with the issue of blood who did not quit, did not give up, took every risk, came crawling until she touched the hem of his garment and she was made. Bible said straightway she was made well. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. But do you know that the most accurate way to read that story mm. is not read it as the woman? Because there's nowhere where the Bible tells says we should be beholding the image of the woman or we should be becoming the woman. We should be becoming like Christ. In other words, when you read that story, you should be you should, the, most, the most effective and dangerous way for any believer to read the story of, 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 the, of, of, of the woman of the issue of blood is to read it as Jesus. Yes. According to the image of the heavenly man. You are the one the, whose hem, when people touch, they, they get, get healed. healed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.